Okay, this is Sung Kim from uh, Grace Church um, on Rhythms of Grace. And I have a special guest with me today, uh, Bart Bartlett. And I just have to say, too, uh, you got, you you listeners have known the last couple episodes. I'm like, usually Nate runs the machine, the record, you know, the recording and all that. And I've been pressing wrong buttons all over the place. Well, today, Bart and I just had like this 20-minute rich conversation of his story. And boy, I just realized I forgot to press record. <laughs> so, man, and we're kind of in a time crunch here. So we are going to... Um, Man, we're not going to be able to go over all the conversation we've had, uh, which was about Bart's uh, upbringing and things. And, uh, but I want to introduce to you again, um, this time recorded, my friend Bart Bartlett. And would you just tell us a little bit about yourself once again? Sure, yeah. Uh, if I can remember what I said before. So I'm, I'm Bart <laughs> Bartlett. Uh, I've, I've been attending Grace here with my wife, Jen, and uh, son, Simon. Uh, Jen and I have been coming since February of 2018. Simon's two years old. Old. Um, and so, you know, one of the things we really appreciate about grace is the aspect of community. And that's what we were sort of talking about here, differences in uh, specifically racial identity and community. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. And, you know, one of the things that um, that I, I remember from my childhood there growing up is, you know, sort of the difference in how black-white racism in particular played out in my family as, as a young kid. And one example, uh, you know, that I that will always stick with me is we were pulled over by the police in my neighborhood growing up by a white police officer. My mom was white. My dad was black. They've both passed away now. Uh, but in my family, my mom was the driver uh, in, mm. the, in the family. My dad didn't like driving. And so my younger brother, he's a year younger than I, we were sitting in the back seat and we were pulled over as we were going to the grocery store one day. Um, basically, by the officer to ask my mom if she was okay, wow. uh, if she was, you know, being held against her will or captive. And, you know, she said, no, this is my husband. <laughs> These are our children and we're going to get groceries. But what stood out was my dad, who was never at a loss for words, was silent during this encounter. And you could tell the real fear that he had. And so from that age on, you know, and I was maybe three, four years old at the time, I knew that race relations were a thing. Uh, mm. And, you know, I I knew that, yeah, my dad's side of the family uh, had darker skin than my mom's side of the family, but the ramifications of that, you know, became sort of clear, you know, from that, that incident. Yeah. 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 No, that, and, and, and so from that point on too, then, uh, you must've had other experiences outside, uh, um, your family or from your parents uh, of like either subtle or overt racism, uh, can you share any of those experiences? Yeah, I think, you know, it, my, my own look and complexion, you know, sort of clouds this too. So I'm half black, half white. I think, you know, many people just look at me and assume that I'm white. Uh, and so in that sense, you know, just overt racism that I could pinpoint as, aha, you've looked at me and judged just on the color of my skin – the, the only other true example I can think of that is actually uh, when I was on my drive from California where I lived prior to coming to Ann Arbor uh, to, to move here, I was in my 1995 white Saturn and was pulled over uh, on the interstate uh, in Illinois um, on, on my drive here. And I was pulled over under the auspices of, well, they were, you know, really looking for drug trafficking, huh. uh, but, you know, 
between yeah. California and, you know, Illinois. And I was stopped and, you know, I was asked by the, the cops, uh, state troopers, if, if my car could be searched. Wow. And it was one of those head-scratching moments of there's not really, you know, just cause for this. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I want this experience to just end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, rather than assert my constitutional rights, yeah. uh, you know, I, I gave that up, which is very, you know, it feels very vulnerable and like I was violated in yeah, that yeah. sense. And so then two other police cars come up, um, drug sniffing dogs get oh out. And, goodness. you know, I'm questioned where I'm going, why I'm going there. Uh, you know, my belongings are then, you know, thrown out on the side of the interstate. You know, and I'm just sitting on the curb waiting while they find nothing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that was... Uh, you know, an experience that for my other black friends who are darker complexion than me yeah. experienced that way more often than I did. But, you know, it's still it's it's the same it's the same humiliating experience of, you know, there's there's no good reason to pull me over, continue along this line of uh, violation. Yeah. I mean, so that has never happened to me. I've gotten pulled over for other reasons. Yeah. Valid reasons, because my vehicle was somehow going faster than the posted speed limit, (laughs) but not because of that. And I'm sure there's a ton of stories, and we've talked a little bit about some of those uh, when when I wasn't recording, but I do want to go into, because... Because faith is such a central part of who you are, faith yeah. in Christ. Like, and I know the church is an imperfect place with imperfect people. And, and I would even say, too, you know, having grown up in church, becoming a Christian in college, some of the most hurts that my parents and I have experienced have happened within the walls of the church. Yeah. Um, and, and so, like, our, like, how has racism and church life intersected in terms of for, for you in terms of what you've experienced, both good and bad? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm extremely grateful that the, the churches that I've, uh, you know, made as, as my home churches and all the places I've lived, I mean, it's one of the things that I sort of look for. And, and maybe the, the hard part has been, you know, when I move to new places, I try out many more churches, you know, trying to understand what is the the relationship and the dynamic. And because I've always lived in relatively urban sort of cosmopolitan areas, you know, one of the key things that I think is important in in reflecting what the body of Christ looked like is that the actual congregation reflects, uh, you know, the the, the many cultures, uh, both in terms of of race and ethnicity, um, socioeconomic status, you know, that is reflective of who we all are in God. God's image. And it's one of the things that, you know, really drew us to grace uh, is that, you know, there's there's people from, you know, all parts of the Southeast Michigan region. It's not just, uh, you know, a, a white church in, right. in Ann Arbor of, you know, relatively well-to-do people. Um, and so I think that's important. And I, I think about that even more as I'm raising my son, Simon, now that he sees that, yeah, who God is, is reflected in all of us. And that's not just people that look like one you know, right. one thing. Right. Well, no, that's amazing, I, and and I think both that's both very intentional of you, yeah, and, and quite amazing because most people have experienced some sort of hurt, and, and I and there there may be other areas uh, of hurt, but like in terms of racism, um, and uh, you know, because even for me too, like a, as a Korean American, uh, second generation, 
I remember being in seminary and I was going, I was at a, I was at a part, a social party with, I, I lived in kind of the grandmother suite. I rented that part of a, of a larger house yeah. and the, the, the family there was having a party and they said, Hey song, just join us. And I'm like this young 21 year old kid or something and uh, 22, 23. And uh, again, this is a more rural part of Pennsylvania yeah. where there isn't a lot of diversity. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm talking to this one guy for about 10, 15 minutes. And then he asks me, Oh, like, so like something like something like, you know, how is it being an internet, uh, an international student, right. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and, and it's I like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yep. Or, you know, and this is, yep. this, this is, uh, I think a well-intentioned and, and I think it's easy for people to assume. Like when I meet people outside my context here, whenever I, I go to different places in the United States, um, uh, work for the denomination or the church or whatever, people assume that I just pastor a Korean congregation. I see. Yeah. You know, and, and again, yeah. like, no, like for me, I don't take that personally. And, and I, I think they're just easy assumptions that people can make. And, and yeah. like you were talking about, people look at the color of your skin. And, yeah. and so uh, from a, I guess, a, a relational uh, or justice perspective, what are some things that you would, uh, say to our listeners in terms of how we might take steps to combat racism? Or yeah, th that's a great question. And, and as you were talking, and I, I'll directly answer this question, uh -huh. but it reminded me that, you know, I, I think one of the, the hurts that I've experienced in the church, it's not so much, you know, racist attitudes towards me. It's more the, like, we're not going to talk about this. Oh. Uh, this is unspoken. You know, we're here just to worship God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll sing songs. We'll, we'll hear preaching, teaching from the Bible. But we're going to ignore race in particular yeah, yeah. Uh, as part of the outside world and, you know, keep that at the door. Um, and, and so then one of the things that I, I would say is and that I appreciate uh, about grace is that, yeah, we're, we're, we're tackling this head on. Mm -hmm. That, you know, racial identity, it's part of how we as, as people, identify. Uh, God didn't make us to identify with race necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, he created us in his image. Right. Um, but this is a, a reality of, of the fallen world that we live in. And so yeah. we can't ignore that. Right. Um, and so I, I think that's the, the main thing is that, you know, as, as we see events in the world or things that happen in our own lives or among our brothers and sisters that, that happen that are racially motivated or uh, areas of racial injustice, that we have to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if nothing else, just talk about it. Because in doing so, that's how we get to know each other's stories. And that's mm -hmm. how, you know, hearts start to change. It doesn't change because you've intellectually decided something. Or, you know, I wish I could say, oh, I just read the words of the Bible. And that alone <laughs> was enough to change hearts. But it's really getting to know people. It is. Uh, and, and, and that's the, the main thing. That's a great point, Bart. I love that. So um, what was my question? Uh, you know, what would I say to listeners? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so as, as a person who's, uh, black father, white mother, um, and we see all this divide that's going on in our country, uh, help, help, help each side. Like, and this is going to be a stereotype. There's, there's a white guy who just thinks maybe he doesn't say I, I'm a, a, I'm a white supremacist but he holds just this animosity. Like, what would you say to that person? Or, or, or what would you say to a black person who just feels totally like they're, they feel disempowered with what's going on? Like, 
speak to those two groups of people. Yeah, and so to to be clear, I'm giving Bart Bartlett's perspective <laughs> on this. You know, I'm not speaking yes. for you know how all black people or all white people obviously would answer, but you know to to the uh, the 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 white person who you know feels that all right, I'm I'm not a a, a KKK member, um, and and I don't understand all this that's going on. I'd say, well, you know, the the biggest. You know, if you look at American history, you know, the, the biggest injustice, you know, of the uh, African slave trade, the ramifications of that, you know, are are long. Yeah. And, you know, in, in the, the still short history of the United States, even if you go back to the civil rights movement of the 60s, that's still a small, small part of our history relative to the much larger uh, time period. Just. Think of the, the the sheer number of years that, uh, you know, we, we kept bringing uh, blacks over from Africa. So to think that, you know, everything's all wrapped up in a tidy bow and, you know, uh, from the days of Martin Luther King, he, he you know, was, was a key leader and, and, and started a movement. Yeah. But this still continues. Uh, it's nowhere close to done. There's still lots of power injustices. Uh, the way that laws have been set up, the way society's been built, still takes advantage uh, of that power imbalance. Uh, and so, the, you know, that's that's not going away with changing one law here or there. Um, it's still deeply ingrained in, in systems and and in families, and it's still propagated uh, to you know your children and their yeah. children. Uh, you know, going on. So it, it's going to take more than just saying i'm not a racist myself <laughs> right um you know that that doesn't doesn't change that there's still racist systems in place yeah. and you know for black folks who feel like yeah you know totally empowered you know i i totally understand that and so the key is then you know one don't give up the fight that uh that there's still where are areas that that we can find one allies who will advocate on our behalf, yeah. but also to realize there's still power in numbers and that, uh, you know, the, the fight for civil rights didn't end uh, and that there are small victories that, you know, have to, you know, have to add up. On the one hand, you know, you don't want to just say, well, be patient, it'll all work out. I mean, <laughs> sh showing up with, uh, you know, sort of as a political movement using, um, you know, all the, the freedoms that we have to advance social justice, we have to do that. Yeah, yeah. And it requires a fight, not, not necessarily a physical fight, but it requires, you know, constant, uh, constant attention uh, to mm -hmm. be brought to these areas. Otherwise, you know, we, we move on as a society and the, the sort of the squeaky wheel gets the oil, yeah. uh, you know, and to, to, to keep this at the forefront. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a moral and political and sociological battle. Yeah. Right? It, it's yeah. not just a, oh, that, that's nice that, that you're interested in that, but, you know, that, that's for you, not for me. And, and like you were saying, too, it's so embedded in our system, and I, I think sometimes we don't realize it's kind of like, fish being unaware of water right? right what is water well what do you mean what is water it's, right? just like, it's just there and so i think sometimes we're so blind to it because it's mm -hmm. been so embedded into our history and for centuries and maybe we've become aware of it the last few decades because right. of mlk but um that like you were saying that's such a small sl slither of kind of the, the larger history of oppression yep. and discrimination and prejudice there um uh, yeah, so uh, you spoke to this a little bit, but uh, there are some Christians who would say, uh, well, the, the Bible actually endorses slavery. Yeah, uh, that's uh, <laughs> inconsistent with my reading and understanding of, of, of who God is yeah. and, 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 and 
all of what his word says. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, if I think through, you know, through the, the story of creation that, you know, God created us in his image and, you know, that's not to be owned or, or traded to and, and from each other, yeah. uh, that we were made to have a, a, a loving relationship with each other and then with him, that he called a people to himself, yeah. uh, that, you know, the, the story of the Old Testament to be, a, you know, a, a light to the nations. Um, and in all the cases, if you, you look at even how Old Testament law is, as weird as some of it sounds <laughs> in our modern sort of reading, I mean, these really were gracious and merciful laws compared to the practices in in the places around them. And so God at every point called out people to to be set apart, to show his grace, to show his mercy. Um, And, you know, I I think then in in the New Testament particularly, maybe that's easier to, to understand, you know, I think of Jesus's parable, and you know it's important to remember this is just a parable, not a real story. The the parable of the Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. uh, and that you know God even called out through Jesus in this story that you know we're to show compassion to one another, yeah. and who is your neighbor? Um, neighbor being those that you love and and to to care for. And then Jesus himself didn't only tell that as a parable, but then in now in real Jesus's life, when he went to the well to meet the Samaritan woman, um, you know, he again showed grace and compassion, showing that, you know, this distinction in in, in the Bible between Jews and Gentiles mirrors a lot of the distinctions that we make between black and white and other races. Um, And that, God had in his plan all along that through his people, others would come to know him. First through the, the, the Israelites of the Old Testament, now through those that he's called to be Christians uh, who, who believe in, in Jesus, that we're to be light to the nation, salt and light, and that, that means, yeah, that we're not to distinguish between one another, uh, yeah. that we're to, to love one another, and that's all of us, not just other Christians. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Hey, Bart, I know you got to go, and we, <laughs> we, I'm so, I'm so heartbroken that you, the listener, had to miss like the first 20 minutes of our conversation. There was just so much in there, and again, attributed to my being a novice uh, on this uh, machine, and I'm trying to get this thing to go. There we go. Bart, thank you for having us. There's all that applause. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thanks so much, son. This was fun. <laughs> I hope to have you here again, and uh, have a great day. Sounds good. <laughs>